The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner. Welcome to The Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are psyched to talk to you about sex. Every single week we're here answering your questions about sex and sexual health or relationship. We'll, we'll talk to you about anything, anything you want. Just have to send us your questions. Easiest way to get them to us is through email, thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W. Or to check out our very, very active and fun social media. We run contests. We post all kinds of interesting, engaging, fun content. We'd love to hear from you there as well. How are you doing today, Spring? So great. I'm really excited about our topic today, too, because... Today we're getting into fantasies and fantasies are really fun, but they're also, there's a serious side to fantasies, right? Like, you know, this fantasy can be this like amazing thing that we think about all the time, but then like, how does that impact us? And like, what happens if the fantasy comes true? And what happens if it's not that great? And what happens if it never comes true? And ah, ah, now I'm starting to freak out about my fantasies. <laughs> And people are told their whole lives that they shouldn't be having sexual fantasies or people get really upset. Like my partner told me they like have a fantasy about a thing. And now all of a sudden your relationship is in jeopardy. Like there's all these like oh. you know peripheral pieces surrounding <laughs> what these sexual fantasies look like. The question is like, our question we're answering is why do I have all of these sexual fantasies? And <laughs> we could end the entire episode right now by saying you're, you're a human. Congratulations. You're normal. Yep. Like they're completely normal. But we're sort of trained to not talk about them, to not share them with other people, for them to be like a dirty little taboo secret that we're not supposed to explore. But we're going to kind of dispel some of that today and talk about both like the good, the bad, the dirty of fantasies. So and when someone says sexual fantasy, like, you know, people take that deep breath at the beginning. Um, are we talking mermaids and unicorns? Yes, we are. Are we talking like <laughs> slings and like multi-person sex? Yes, we are. Are we talking about sex with like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Yes, we are. Today, we are encompassing all of it in our 25, 30-minute chat about fantasy. So, um, so your fantasy can be something that you might actually want to happen, but it just can't happen right now for some reason. You might need some help. It might not be able to do at this time or where you are in your life right now or a relationship that you're in. But a relationship like changes, right? So like a fantasy could be like able to happen at another point in your life also. So we're going to think about fantasies as like something that you might want to happen at some point in your life or something that you know can never happen because it has this like non-realistic component to it or something that you don't feel safe actually even acting out, right? So a fantasy might be something you want to do, but it might be something that just stays in your head. 
Right. But the thing about fantasies are you think about them most of the time. Um, you have like visions, you have thoughts, you have narratives, you have plots, you have stories that sort of like play through your head and you find it arousing, right? The, 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 gets y'all turned on and ready to go thinking about what that fantasy is. And I like that Spring's talking about the context surrounding it, right? Most of the time with most fantasies, they're probably something that's not going to happen to you in your life at any point, but it's fun to think about. Sometimes you can actualize those fantasies and sometimes you have to change your context. You have to change your relationship status. You have to change where you live. You have to change all kinds of things to make those fantasies happen. But we do need to separate out fantasy and desire, right? Fantasies can get you turned on, but if you talk about your sexual desires, most of the time the desires that you have are grounded in reality, right? And those desires reflect something that you genuinely want to experience and you probably can get that thing to happen inside of your context. So fantasies and desires are related, but we have to talk about them just a little bit differently to make sense of what, what happens. So desires are what motivate you inside of those sexual relationships. And fantasies can motivate people, but it's much more about how you enhance your arousal. Like, what are the thoughts, the spicy thoughts? Um, How can you explore different parts of yourself, your sexual orientation, your gender expression, your mermaid realness, whatever it is. But it, He's like, looking at me when he says that. Mermaid <laughs> I have, a, we did a whole photo shoot with, photo shoot with Spring and her at the time partner, she came to visit me. They had an entire suitcase that were like full size, realistic mermaid tails. We took <laughs> them to the beach and spring rolled around in the surf with a giant tail. We should post some of those pictures. <laughs> they are fabulous. <laughs> so see your fantasies, even if you think you can't be a mermaid and roll around in the surf, actually you can. So sometimes fantasies that you think might not be able to come true, there might be a way to actually make it come true, right? So let's let's think about fantasies a little creatively today, I think. Yeah. And there's some really common themes in sexual fantasies, right? Like having sex with a famous person, having sex with a musical artist, having sex in a space, having sex with people you're not supposed to have sex with, having sex as the other or multiple other sexes or genders. Like there's just really common fantasies. There's a lot of like boss role play fantasies that we talk about. So like there's this whole sort of like quadrant of really positive affirming like not so taboo fantasies that we see. And then there's a whole lot of like sort of darker common fantasies that we see as well. Um, Like we're going to talk a little bit later about like consensual non-consent and what that looks like. I think that's one of the big fantasies. There's a lot of like a breeding kink uh, fantasies people have about either getting pregnant or getting someone else pregnant. Like there's there's these other sort of fantasies that we're going to talk about too, but Regardless of what kind of fantasy you're having, all of those things that we just said, like the bright sparkly ones and the slightly darker ones and potentially the consensual non-consent fantasies are really, really common. And we need to talk about them to sort of like take them out of the dark closet and let people experience them in ways that are affirming and positive and safe. And let's talk about kind of the different ways that you can use fantasies, right? So Andrew was first talking about how you might use a fantasy like in your mind to get you excited for a sexual interaction you're going to have either by yourself or with a partner or partners. And so you might be thinking about something that like really turns you on. So you can use fantasies in this way to like help you get excited, to help you like turn on your desire for what you're about to do. 
And that is totally fine, totally normal. You're not cheating on anybody by thinking about something that turns you on to get you ready for sex. That is perfectly acceptable. And you can also use fantasies to like engage with other people, right? You can talk to people about, you know, you can have a safe conversation with a partner about like what your fantasies are. And you can use that to like have conversations, get turned on together to start to like lead to some sexual activity. You might even talk about ones that you might want to act out or try in some way or try some part of with a partner, right? And and also they don't ever have to be acted out, right? Like even just the talking about them, even the thinking about them, like it, it's kind of like level one, thinking level two, talking level three, engaging in some part of that, right? And all of these things are fine. You don't need to do one and then the other. You might only ever think about it, but these are the different ways that fantasies kind of show up in our sexual activity. So it's really interesting to talk about like the different kinds of exploration that you can do. And I think one of the really positive components of these sexual fantasies is self-discovery and self-exploration, like thinking about yourself, thinking about your, how you're oriented in your relationships, think about how you're oriented in the different kind of behaviors that you're interested in, um, and really just doing that kind of fun exploration um, as as, as, once again, as long as you're being safe, as long as you're making sure that consent is being followed by all parties involved. But I think it's a great way to actually explore who you are and to enhance like your own pleasure or potentially your intimacy with a partner or partners. So there's, there's a lot of positives that sort of surround the benefits of fantasies. And there's a huge diversity as well. Like we could spend the rest of the episode just like, you know, talking back and forth about all the different kinds of fantasies and we don't have time to cover everything. (laughs) But the way that I usually talk about fantasies are those that, you know, society says is okay for us to engage in and talk about and those that are really taboo. And they're taboo for a lot of different reasons, right? Some of them are cultural reasons, some are safety reasons, some of them are yucking other people's yum reasons. But for our episode today, all of them are 100% acceptable and okay to think about and to talk about. The acting out piece is where we're going to talk a little bit more about the rules that you have to put up around them. But um, there's a huge diversity in the kind of fantasies that people have. And most of the time, right, if you're just in the thinking and talking stage, you can have a really spicy fantasy sexual life and have a lot of benefits from it. I love this like self-exploration though. Like if you have a fantasy in mind, you know, and you think about it when you're masturbating or you're searching for porn that is showing, you know, this fantasy and you're using that, like, I know that, I know that this is like something we talk about a lot on here is, you know, the reflection. And like, I think it's really nice, you know, to do reflection. You don't have to write it down, but you can think about it, you know, you know, after you orgasm in that place where you're like, oh, now I have to think about what I just did. (laughs) That's a great place for learning about yourself, right? It's like, okay, why does that turn me on? Why did I like that so much? Like what, you know, what part of that is so interesting to me? And like, what is it like bringing up for me? And like, this is, this is really getting to understand yourself, right? And the more that you understand, like what turns you on and why, like the better relationships you can have with other people, the better sexual relationships you can have with other people. And the more reflection you do on that, the more you can communicate about that with partners too. And then the, 
you're getting more of what you want out of your sexual relationships because you can communicate very clearly about these things. And so, yeah, like you can even have a little, you know, sex notebook where you're <laughs> keeping track of like what what is really helping you and what what you really like and where where that's taking you and like what what you're understanding about yourself from that. I love it. I love the sexual fantasy notebook. Probably something you don't want to leave where other people can read it <laughs> right? unless it's someone you really, really trust with it all. Do you know, Spring, did you know, there's, <laughs> you know there's a lot of people who uh, have these sexual fantasies. They think about them. They talk about them. They find a partner or partners or a community, and then they do it. And do you know what happens to a lot of people on the other side of like the fantasy rainbow? I'm suspecting that a lot of people are a little let down by their fantasy once it... <laughs> Once they experience it. <laughs> we spend so much energy in our head. Often people will have fantasies that, you know, start at puberty and then they'll be in like their 20s, 30s, 40s, even later, 50s. And they'll be like, all right, I'm going to do it. And they do it and they've been thinking about it and they've been aroused by it and they've been excited and they've talked about it and they've planned it and they do it. And they're like, oh, <laughs> sometimes you're almost better off with some fantasies, like letting it be that like magical, wonderful, arousing part of who you are and your sexual exploration. I just think it's important we warn people with sexual fantasies, there can be a lot of self-exploration and pleasure and joy and all of those things. But there is a pretty good chance, especially if it's something you've really thought about for a long time, you do it. And then Afterwards, all the fantasy is gone and your fantasy is now just a basic reality, something that you've done. And instead of you reflecting on something that could have been, you're now reflecting on something that has been. And it, it, it changes for people very frequently. So just be really thoughtful about how you engage. We're not saying don't do it. We're just letting you know that you might be, need to engage in some post-care on the other side if you do it and you have fun, but it's a letdown or you do it and you have fun but then in the future, you're no longer fantasizing about it anymore. It just becomes like part of your sexual history. And while your sexual history can be a lot of fun to think about, you know, past experiences, sometimes it loses that sparkle. It loses some of the magic. It loses some of that arousal. So just make sure that you give yourself some space and time after if you choose to engage in any of your fantasies to reflect on it and do a little bit of self-care, do a little bit of debrief on the other side. Yeah, and you know, I think like, that's pretty common because the more buildup there is to something, then the easier it is to be let down, right? Like if you have really high expectations of a book or a movie, because you've heard people raving about it and you're like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then you read it or you watch it. And like, even if you really like it, it just can't live up to that hype, right? Because there's so much hype. And so that's the same type of thing here, like where if you've really hyped up a fantasy a lot, then the actual experience of it might not live up to that, right? It's possible that it will, but it might not. And so, you know, being prepared for that and then like considering like, do I want to keep this fantasy alive for myself or do I want to experience it? Because you're going to be living in a different world after that, right? <laughs> you're living in a world where you've experienced it now. And, and then it, it can't be a fantasy in the same way. Um, I think that's like su such an interesting concept to like consider, right? Like how important is this fantasy to me as a fantasy? And do I want to keep it that way so that it has that magic and it like, it just like, 
turns me on at the drop of a hat anytime I want to be turned on, you know? I mean, there's a lot of people with like sexual denial kinks who do just that. Like they get into sexual spaces, but then they don't orgasm or don't, you know, like they stay intimate with people, but they don't, they don't come, they don't orgasm. So it keeps building up the pleasure. Um, But we're not telling you not to engage in your fantasy. We're just telling you like, if it turns out poorly, you might have to, you know, spend the next 10 years cultivating a brand new one (laughs) to get you all excited once again. But we do need to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about sort of the darker side of fantasies. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you in a minute. Welcome back to the episode. Today, we are talking about your sexual fantasies. Well, probably not yours explicitly because there's so many and they're so diverse and there's all these different kinds. But we're talking about sexual fantasy. Have any sexual fantasies on your mind right now, Spring? I'm no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I, I can't say anything that's going <laughs> to go on air here. <laughs> I can talk about other people's sexual fantasies. So like something that happens when you're a sex researcher or a sex educator is that people in your social circles start to talk to you more and more about their thoughts and feelings about the world. And they come to you most of the time because they just want a little support. And a lot of times people come ask me about sexual fa- their sexual fantasies. And I always say the same thing. I'm like, hey, if you're not hurting yourself or other people and there's you know, everyone's giving consent involved, like have fun exploring whatever it is, but it is, it's kind of like, you know, I'm just trying to have a good night and I was playing some cards or I was playing a board game (laughs) or I was watching a movie. And now all of a sudden I'm like knee deep in somebody just read 50 shades of gray. And now they want to try some hardcore BDSM. And I'm like, you're lucky you're only knee deep in it. I would say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. I'm like, maybe you should just start out with like something a little bit less and work your way up. Right. If you, if there are these like very involved fantasies, you know, there are like steps to take toward that, right? Like if you want to be involved in a heavy BDSM scene, like let's start slowly. Let's, let's start exploring kink. Right. And so there is, if we're moving from fantasy to reality, also there might be like, a long process of working toward a certain fantasy that someone has. Yeah. And there are a lot of times and places where fantasies can be of concern. So we've had episodes where we talked a little bit about fetishes. We've had episodes where we've talked about consent. And I think an area where we need to talk about fantasy is there are a lot of people who have fantasies about non-consensual interactions with people, right? Like I want to be tied up. I want to be blindfolded. I want there to be a sexual assault scenario. I like, like there's a lot of those fantasies. And those are the things that people have said to me many times, you know, in parties or in other spaces, like this is what I want to do with my partner or my husband. And we have to be really careful with what that looks like. And and like the language we use is consensual non-consent, which is sort of hard to dig through. So when someone says consensual non-consent, like how do we get into that conversation in a way that makes sense where people can engage in a fantasy that has non-consensual components, but still have it be safe and consensual. Well, I think it's helpful to back up to like what the definition of consent is, right? So consent is an ongoing process, which means someone can revoke consent at any time, right? So if you're in a sexual activity, someone's agreed to sex, but at any point they can say, nope, I'm a no now, right? That's what actual consent is. So if we're talking about consensual non-consent, that means legally 
a consensual non-consent scenario can only happen if somebody is not incapacitated by alcohol or drugs. So if we're talking about a non-consent fantasy thing where someone is passed out or asleep, um, then those are not actually a consensual fantasy that we can engage with because legally that person is not able to, even if they gave consent in advance, they can't revoke the consent. So it's not true consent because someone needs to be able to revoke the consent at any time for it to be true consent. So if we wanna do a consensual non-consent role play, so if we're doing something like some type of rape role play, then we need to set out all of the boundaries in advance and then have some type of safe word so that even if someone is saying, no, 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 I don't want this, I don't want this, they can continue through the scene until they say um, sparkly mermaid or whatever their, <laughs> their uh, safe word is, right? To help them say like, okay, you know, that's it. And then that is where we have true consent in process because they're still able to revoke it at any time. So it then becomes, you know, this role play that somebody is playing with, but it still has real consent built in and some safety around that. And we're also always going to recommend that um, having that aftercare and having those conversations and check-ins after some type of scenario like that. I mean, and this is the question that comes to me, I think, probably most frequently from male partners of uh, people who identify as women who want this kind of non-consensual sexual experience with them. And a lot of the times the partner does not want to do it. They feel really uncomfortable doing it. And I say to them every single time, like, and then you don't have to do it because this is someone else's fantasy. If you are uncomfortable within a fantasy that anyone brings to you for any reason, talk to them about it, engage with them about it, understand that it turns them on, and also understand that regardless of what kind of relationship you have with another person, you're allowed to say no to engaging in whatever their fantasy is. Like You can keep that as a fantasy and you can close your eyes and play that through your head when we're engaging in other acts, but I'm not willing to do it. And that's 100% okay. And that's okay for any kind of fantasy whatsoever, right? Like if you're with a partner or multiple partners, everybody has the option to say, no, I'm not interested engaging in whatever that is. But I want to caution people, like a lot of times people's fantasies are based in all kinds of funky, like, you know, stuffed animals, teddy bear, sex doll, like whatever it is. And we have to be really careful with sexual fantasies overall to not yuck other people's yum. Um, if someone's excited about something, if someone's really turned on by something, one of the most harmful things that you can do in that, re in that relationship or in that conversation is to be like, ooh, gross, I hate that, no, I don't want to talk about it, I'm closing off that part of our conversation. You can say, wow, that's really interesting, I'm excited for you, I'm not interested in, engage in engaging in that, but be supportive of the other person especially like they're hard to talk about. Society has sort of trained us all to be afraid to talk about what we want sexually or sexual fantasies, especially the ones that are a little bit more taboo. So try to be really open, try to be really accepting. But remember, you can always say no, like, but I'm not going to engage in that, but I support your, you know, fantasy in whatever it is. I'm not going to help you move that into reality. And that's 100% okay for any and all fantasies whatsoever. And as the partner that's not interested in a fantasy, you can also say like, there might be a part of the fantasy that you might be willing to engage with, right? And you might say like, uh, this piece of it I'm willing to play out or this part of it, you know? And so also I like 
thinking about, you know, not just a binary yes or no, but like, you know, there might be some part of it or some aspect or like, I'm not willing to do that, but like this variation of it, I might be interested in doing with you and like seeing how, how you like that. And those are great conversations to have with your partner, like talking about the fantasies they have, what part they might actually want to try to enact and what pieces of it they can enact and what pieces of that you could do together. Or even another way to like use these fantasies is like, and you want to talk about this before you're actually in the sexual activity, but you can just like talk about them while you're having sex, right? Like you could say like, oh, I'm imagining this, I'm I'm thinking about this, blah, blah, blah. And you can like even create like a little story together just through talking, just while engaging in whatever sexual activity you want to engage in and not actually acting it out, but talking about it while having sexual activity. And that can be very, very like exciting. You know, that can be really great for people. And so I think that's a really nice way to play with a fantasy within sexual activity And a partner might be willing to do something like that, even if they don't want to act it out as much. Yeah, we have a whole episode about sex menus. I think like if if you're with a partner or multiple partners and you're sort of like interested in pushing things forward a little bit or seeing where somebody's sexual interest aligns with a fantasy you might have, something like filling out a comprehensive sex menu. And when you look at the document that we we, we talked about and we posted about on our social media, it's huge. You can almost always find some kind of intersection between somebody's sexual interest, what they're willing to do, and somebody else's idea for whatever that fantasy might be. Uh, all right, let's see. We should talk a little. We should talk a little bit about. Well, we already talked about navigating fantasies in a healthy way. Someone's not interested. That's okay. Overall. There's one other thing that I wanted to talk about. So if you are the partner that is not interested in someone's sexual fantasy, but you want to be supportive of them, I think it's really important to to say, and I've said it on many episodes, you don't control someone else's sexuality. You don't own somebody else's sex and sexuality. You don't own their fantasy. In their head, they can have a very vivid sexual fantasy world. All different kinds of things can be going on. And there are many times and instances where you can be really supportive and help your partner or partners experience those sexual fantasies in safe ways, whether it's using some really cool technology, there's all kinds of cool AI out there, or helping them find the exact right kind of pornography and then watching it to get like, there's a lot of things that you can do to be really supportive without shutting that other person down. Because you don't own their sexuality, they have a right to their thoughts and their feelings, and they have a right to what turns them on. And as long as you're engaging in like affirmative consensual sexual relationships with that person, like got to be supportive as much as you can, even if you don't want to do whatever their thing is, right? So safety, consent, support, and try not to yuck it. And then if you're not going to yuck it, try to find ways to help them get to the point where they're getting the kind of pleasure, the kind of experience that they've been looking for. And then at the very end of the whole process, it's really important to do some reflection and some debriefing. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, about these instances where people can't engage in whatever their fantasy is for any number of reasons. Maybe it's not safe for them or for their partner or for a context they're in, right? And I think that 
we can also think more creatively about like what what might be possible. And Andrew brought this up when we were chatting about this topic earlier and, you know, like going to a sex worker that might be able to like help you achieve some fantasy that you might not be able to do with a partner. Um, and that might be something your partner would be okay with. It might be something they're not okay with. It might be something that you do in the future. But I think that um, that's a really beautiful idea to bring in here is like bringing in the idea of sex workers that might be able to like really non-judgmentally say like, yes, I want to help you live this fantasy um, if someone else that you are dating or in a sexual relationship might not be able to do for any number of reasons. Right. The idea of bringing extra people in who specialize in helping people live fantasy. Remember, pornography is a fantasy and the things that people do in porn are mostly fantasy and sex workers help people live those kind of fantasies. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we need to cover about fantasy? There are times when fantasies become dominant. That's the only thing that people can think about. They get really caught up on it. They can't be aroused without it. At that point, it becomes a sexual fetish. In spring, and I would both recommend that you find um, a healthcare provider who specializes in sexual health and wellness and talk to them, a sex therapist or a sex counselor to help you like separate out like the fetish fantasy from desire and reality. And that doesn't happen too frequently, but if you or your partner notice like the only kind of sex that gets you off and if the only thing you're thinking about is the fantasy and it's the only thing you want from a partner, then it's time to get some professional help to separate out like this is a fantasy, this is not my reality, and then this is my desire, this is my reality. So like working to separate out those two ideas for yourself. Because we want to be able to like have fulfilling sexual um, activities and like a lot of different ways with our partners. Right. And we want to have several kind of scripts that we can follow and ways that we can find pleasure with our bodies and with other people. And so when it becomes something that becomes like, this is the only way I can do something, then it becomes limiting for you. And it actually becomes like a, a bit of a, a prison, right? And like, it's like, now I'm stuck here. And so it is this idea of like, keeping like a broad diversity in our sexual activities and in our sexual fantasies that gives us this richer, like more fulfilling sex life. Yeah, so it's making sure the things you're doing are affirming of you affirming of your partners are fun and exploratory. But I like split springs, but not, not a trap or a prison where it becomes the only way that you can, you know, experience your sexuality. Yeah. All right. So fantasies, why do you have them? Because you're normal. Who has <laughs> everybody? The thing is, most of the time, we just don't talk about them. So hopefully after listening today, you're a little bit more willing to talk about them with your friends, potentially with sexual partners, and make sure that you engage in that exploration in a safe, consensual way. Yeah. Anything else we need to add? Have fun. Yeah, have fun. Enjoy <laughs> those fantasies. Um, we'll be posting on our uh, social media. Maybe we'll ask a couple spicy questions in the story where you can respond and tell us what your fantasies yes. are and we'll share yes. it with the whole world. Yes. Anonymously. Yes. Anonymously. <laughs>
Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Spring, it was awesome talking with you about sexual fantasies today. Listeners, if you have any questions about this episode or any other topic related to sex, sexual health, relationships, we would love to hear from you. You can email us. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. That's W-R-A-P. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, you should definitely check out our social media. We are really, really active on Instagram. Um, we'd love to hear from you there at the sex wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.